You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, this morning, I have some good news and I have some bad news. First, the good news. We are not going to have a ninth grade grammar lesson this morning like the last two sermons. The bad news is we're going to have an 11th grade chemistry lesson. Ooh. So when I say uh, capital N, little a, and I'm talking about a periodic element, element. What is Na? Sodium. Okay. Sodium. I know there's a reason why it's Na, even though it begins with S. I don't know. It's some type of Greek thing, right? Okay. So we're one for one. If I put up Cl, what is that? It's, it's chlorine, chloride. It's really... Someone after the first service told me I was wrong. It's really chlorine and not chloride. Can anyone confirm this? What do you think? Is it, chlor- is it chlorine? We're going to go, we're going to say it's chlorine, but it'll still work, okay? We'll keep rolling and it's still going to work. Okay, so if you were to take Na sodium, Cl chlorine, and put them together, if you take two elements and put them together, what is that called? Begins with a C. What's the word called? It's a compound. Yes. So now we'll get to where you guys were going. If you put sodium together with chlorine, you get sodium chloride. Sodium chloride. And the common name for sodium chloride is salt. Salt and light. We just sang about it, right? The kiddos talk heard about the light, now we're going to talk about the salt. Do you realize how much salt is in this world? Not thousands of tons, not millions of tons, not even billions of tons of salt. There are trillions of tons of salt on this earth. 70% of the earth is covered by the ocean, the ocean's salt water, and if you reduced it all down, trillions of tons of salt. When I think of salt, I think about two-a-day football practices in Nebraska in August in the 70s and 80s. After football practice, the coaches would say, make sure you take your salt tablets. And we'd take like handfuls of these things and we'd munch on those salt tablets. I'm glad that Gatorade was invented. So yes, we know that salt is needed for our bodies to stay healthy and to work properly. But there are almost an endless amount of uses for salt. Thousands. The most obvious is how we use it. We put salt on our food, right? So let's read again Matthew 5, 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Salt of the earth? What was Jesus trying to convey to his disciples and his followers by saying, you are the salt of the earth? Okay, well, to help illustrate, I have some salt today. Little iodized salt. And so I'm going to put a little salt in the palm of my hand, not as much as I did at 8 o'clock. And we're just going to throw it back. Okay. That's pretty salty. That's really salty. Ah, okay. So, um, let's take it a step further. I have a glass. Let's put that same amount of salt in water. Okay, here goes the salt. And let's fill that baby up. We'll stir it up. So what am I doing as I'm stirring? The salt is being dissolved, dissolving the salt. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this, I'm telling you. That is much better. It is so much better I'm going to have another swallow. Okay, hopefully I can make it through this. So, here we are. Salt. We are the salt of the earth. Staying salty, staying salty in our walk with Jesus is the point. It's the point that Jesus is making in our gospel. Deluded Jesus? Deluded Jesus is slippery. Not only for our own faith, but also for the people we witness to that aren't faithful. So let's take a look one more time at Matthew 5, just that first part. And Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? For the salt of the earth, hmm. Well, let's start out by thinking through the main way we use salt every day of our lives in our cooking, right? In our food. Almost every kitchen table has salt shaker. So what's the big deal with salt? To answer that question, I want to to look at a word. The word is called savor, S-A-V-O-R, savor. Savor says to taste and enjoy something completely. So that's easy to understand. For us to taste and enjoy our food completely, sometimes we savor it with salt. We put, all, we put salt on all kinds of food. So the example I want to give you this morning, does anyone put salt on watermelon? Yeah, there we go. So I'm not totally crazy, right? Okay. Salt on watermelon. So if, if you are in the Rathke house, you rate the watermelons, one to ten. Because you never know what you're going to get. You know what I'm talking about? One of the most stressful things in life is picking out a watermelon. So if the watermelon is seven 
and above, I don't put salt on it. If it's below seven, I put salt on my watermelon, and guess what? It becomes about a 9.5. All of a sudden, it has flavor. That's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Jesus, true Jesus, 100% Jesus is telling you that's how you witness to people. Not just a little, you give everything. Deluded Jesus, sometimes Jesus is not going to get the job done. To savor Jesus, to taste him and enjoy him completely, that's the goal. That's what we're after. When Jesus oozes out of us, others take notice. Not just non-believers, but our fellow believers. Do you know someone who just oozes Jesus all of the time? Think about it. Who do you know that just oozes Jesus all of the time? I'm thinking about my sister Becky. Jesus just oozes out of her all of the time. And especially when she is with her second graders. It reminds me of Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. David doesn't just say taste and see in this psalm. He says, oh, taste and see. He is passionate about tasting the Lord and seeing the Lord. Does anyone know the late sportscaster Dick Enberg? Besides me, I'm seeing hands, okay? Dick Enberg. Does anyone remember his famous line? It had to be something pretty special that he witnessed. What would he say? Anybody? Oh, my. You remember that now? Oh, my. Let's watch a clip. This looks good. Spiner fumble. fumble the ball and Denver has recovered. Oh my! But look who gets it next. The greatest. Oh my! David is saying, Oh my! He's saying, oh my, to us. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Oh my. Are you excited yet? I'm excited. You can be excited. The Lord is good. However, that isn't the entire message from Jesus in this verse. I'm going to put up another word. It's called unsavory. It's the opposite of savor. 
Unsavory equals useless. Salt that loses its saltiness is useless. Our faith without striving to live Christ-like lives is useless. If we are Christian in name only, well, we are, to put it bluntly, and Jesus put it bluntly, useless. That's what Jesus is saying here. Our words, our actions, our deeds make a difference. But it's hard, isn't it? The world is better than ever at diluting our saltiness. So two weeks ago, we talked about following Jesus and just how difficult that is. Do you remember? Yes, today it's easier than ever to drift off the path of following Jesus. And drifting away from Jesus doesn't usually happen just like all of a sudden. It slowly happens. Hebrews 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. That means drifting away from Jesus. That's the it. Drifting away from the promise of salvation won for us from the, on the cross. That is not something we should be drifting away from. But the world is very very powerful. It has a dangerous riptide, which is an undercurrent that you don't even see. And that current just keeps tugging and and pulling us away and drifting us away from following Jesus. We live in a digital media age that doesn't focus on following Jesus. We live in an age of spectacle. We live in an age of addictive video games. We live in an age of lots and lots of social media. We live in an age of viral TV programs. We live in an age where it is estimated that 70% of men participate in pornography at some level. 70%. We live in an age of, well, fill in the blank. All of these things and more are sucking the saltiness right out of us. Sucking Jesus right out of us. If we lose Christian living, what else can take its place? Nothing. That's the point Jesus is making in the last part of verse 13. Nothing can take the place of Jesus. Nothing. It's why Jesus says to throw out all the salt that has lost its saltiness lost its effectiveness, lost its savory abilities. Matthew 5, 13, the last part. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. I'm confident that we can all agree that the America that was founded over 200 years ago is not the America of today. It's not even the America of our childhoods, is it? It's not even the America of one year ago. Never before has it been more imperative that we stay salty, that Jesus oozes out of us. 
No, we don't have a great deal of power to change anything individually. But I know who does have the power to change. His name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are Christian in name only when we drift wherever the world takes us. Savoring Jesus looks much different. It looks more like this. Exalting Jesus. Magnifying the grace of God. Promoting Jesus. America isn't the first place that is drifted away from the Lord. I think about Genesis 19. Does anyone know what story is Genesis 19 besides Pastor Gerber? Tell me, Bennett. Sodom and Gomorrah story. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember all that, how that all played out? Sodom and Gomorrah were cities that were so, so evil that God told Abraham he was just going to totally wipe everything out, including the people. So Abraham goes to bat, right? He goes to bat. Oh, please, Lord, if there are 70 righteous, right? And he keeps going down, and, and finally, God says, even for 10, yeah, I'll save them. But there are only four righteous. Lot, his wife, and their two daughters. That's it in the whole city. Four righteous people. And so we have these two angels who had just gotten done telling Sarai that she's going to have a baby, a baby boy, the next time they stop by a year from now. And she laughed, right? Well, she had her baby. She had her miracle baby. A baby that ended up being the blessing that all the prophets talked about that God promised, right? Those angels, same day, they walk to Sodom, and they find Lot. Actually, Lot finds them first. And Lot invites them into their home for a meal. And then something horrible happens. The men and the boys of Sodom were trying to tear the door down so that they could take those two wonderful, beautiful angels and rape them. That's pretty bad. That's pretty evil, isn't it? But God blinds them all and saves them from this destruction. And the next morning, the angels lead Lot, his wife, and his two daughters away to the safety of a town called Zor, Z-O-A-R. And he the angels give him one instruction. What was the one instruction? Don't look back. Don't look back. But Lot's wife does not follow those instructions. And she turns into a pillar of what? Salt. That's right, salt. It's fitting to this morning, isn't it? You see, you see wife's, Lot's wife had lost her saltiness. She had taken her eyes off of Jesus. 
Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, that's it. That's easy peasy, right? Just keep our eyes on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. But it isn't easy. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. It's why he wants us to say salty. We live in a broken world, a, a world that was cursed when sin entered the world. But thanks be to God, that's not the end of the message today. You see, our God will never give up on us. The Father sent his one and his only Son, not to condemn the world, but to save the world, to save you and to save me. Now as we close things up this morning, I want to go back to those two elements again. What were they? Sodium and chlorine. And when, they, when those two elements bind together to to make sodium chlorate, you, you cannot get them apart. They are, they are one of the strongest compounds when they bind together. It is nearly impossible to separate them. But see, that's what God is for us. God keeps us with Him, no matter how. How many times we mess up? We are bound to Christ. When we love God with all our heart and all of our souls and on our minds, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul reminds us in Romans 8. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen.